Welcome to Women Wake Up, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, harmony, abundance, and joy. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome the delightful Edit the Kiss on the podcast. Edit is the author of On the Healer's Journey, a coaching book for seekers. Edit is also a speaker and works with people and works with clients to release emotional traumas and ancestral karma to create more joy and fulfillment in their lives. On this episode, we have a beautiful time exploring the concepts from her book, including how to identify triggers as the sign of existing trauma, releasing trauma, the power of transcendental meditation, how you can rewrite your past and create a new future, and how to heal yourself and become the light. So take a listen and enjoy. Hello, Edit. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, Whitney. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for being here. And thank you for sending me a copy of your book. Edit, you are an author of the book On the Healer's Journey, a coaching book for seekers. And you're also a speaker, speaking to others. You're a facilitator, guiding others on this journey, this journey of the healer that then becomes the seeker seeking greater knowledge, greater spiritual wisdom and understanding. Could you share with us a bit about your your healing journey towards now being a a seeker, a bringer of the light and a light worker? <laughs> yeah, so actually it started when I experienced panic attacks in my early 20s. And then I was looking for some natural healing modalities. I didn't want to take medications. So basically, I, I actually started to uh, learn about Reiki first. So I did the Reiki 1, Reiki 2 at the beginning. And I also went on extra sense retreats, learned more about spirituality, about my senses, about my sixth sense, basically, and how to channel guidance from the universe. And then I as I was experiencing more, of, more and more of this, I realized that uh, whenever I experience some struggles in life or some difficulties, it's always good to actually turn towards inside, you know, and also towards the divine to find solutions. So when I uh, was experiencing relationship issues, I also went to for um, family constellation therapies. And then that was very useful for healing the horse family field and also my relationship with my ex-husband. So basically, uh, this was my beginning of the journey. And then I felt like 
I want to become a Reiki master. Then I did the master uh, level as well. And I felt like I am done. You know, I felt like, okay, I'm a Reiki master. Now that that's a good level. I'm, I'm, I can heal things. And I wasn't searching anymore, but the universe brought me into accidentally, which we know is not, is not like how it is. So basically it brought me into a new uh, modality, which called the karma yoga healing. And, um, when the first experience was a transcendental meditation and that uh, event, and it was very powerful for me, and I started to channel new guidance and and um, breadcrumbs from the universe, and then it was so powerful. And then I went to the training and I learned how to do source memory healing and healing through our traumas. That was like the biggest aha moment that basically our current situations is related to traumas. And then that's when you release that actually got healed. So many of my illnesses and issues, which were like piling up, you know, and then were like coming back to me year after year, I was able to actually stop them with the source memory healing. And that's what actually made me the decision that I want to help others with this tool because it's so powerful. So now is the time to actually shift myself into healer and, and a holistic mentor, you know, and then help others to heal. And then I also experienced some past life situations with this tool. And it's encouraged me to learn about Shechem healing, which is an Egyptian ancient an ancient Egyptian healing technique. Shechem healing is similar to Reiki, but still different. Is more powerful, is related to Shechmet, which is actually the uh, goddess of uh, destruction and healing. And uh, it's, it's again, gave me an extra modality, basically my toolbox, and, and I was really excited about it. So this is how I started. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. So early on in your journey at it, would you say, did you grow up in a household that was spiritual? Were your parents spiritual? Were people around you aligned with these ideas or when, how did they first come to you and how did you, or did you, did you always align with them? So actually, not really. So we we grew up in a communist country, you know, where, where there was like even the religion itself was kind of restricted from people who were in parties, you know, like my parents, they, they when they were children, they were Catholic or uh, Protestant. But then as they were adults and in the communist era, they didn't go to church anymore and they didn't feel like. Uh, talking about it at home they you know it was a hustle culture everybody was working like crazy and then it was more about just providing at home you know a safe environment having enough food and clothes and whatever you need and then it wasn't a question like how can I help you grow spiritually you know it was nothing about it at all so basically for me I was growing up without it I, I just had my amazing dreams like I loved uh, go to sleep evening because I had like uh, all kinds of dreams at night, like stories and adventures. And then when uh, I actually learned that other people don't have that, you know, like not everybody's dreaming, basically. So I believe that was me visiting more parallel realities at night all the time. And then when I was in my teenage age, that's when I started to search, like, mm, there are religions out there. And then I loved, loved mythology. I loved history. And then I was thinking to start learning about uh, more uh, religious uh, cultures. You know? So I was actually buying books about it and learning. And then I was like, oh, let's pick one. Which one I should pick? You know, like Taoism, I loved Buddhism. I liked a lot. I was aligned with those. But I, I, I was actually just fascinated about like how 
there are so many common things in them you know every 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 religion has its truths you know and then basically it goes back to the same thing that there is one source energy which we connect to and so this is how it was like and then the reiki how it came to me was actually the best friend of my mother who was doing reiki but my mom she never been aligned to spirituality so it was her best friend who was actually introduced me to it and that's how I got into it thank you so much for sharing that edit and it's it's really interesting to think about because I consider this often when you think of are you are you familiar with the idea the concept of um Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah yes absolutely so that idea that we, he sort of has this pyramid, right? And the very basic needs at the bottom are our safety, our physical well-being, our security. And only then, once that is met, those needs are met, can we move up? And the top of the pyramid is self-actualization, right? Which is sort yeah. of what we're talking about. When you heal, when you realize the truth about yourself, when you realize the truth about who you are and what you're capable of, only then can you begin that ascension process. But when you think about so many places in the world, I mean, you spoke of growing up, was it in Hungary that was a communist country when you were born? Yeah, in Hungary, yeah, we had that, um, it was be, uh, under, like, before 1989, it was a communist or social, you know, uh, with an, uh, some uh, impact from the Russians, and then, so it was a social uh, political era, where it was uh, very restricted things, you know, happening in, in the political uh, era, so we, we were we were kind of limited in many things, limited in travel, limited in opportunities, you know. So basically everybody had a job and then so on and so forth. So it wasn't like an entrepreneurial, uh, you know, kind of lifestyle. So it, it was really limited. I was lucky because my father loved to travel. So whenever we had the opportunity to travel, we traveled to other countries. So I've seen like, I went to Greece, I went to Turkey, Bulgaria, Germany. So I've seen like how other countries are living and people living out there. So it was always fascinating for me to, to learn about new things and see that how different everything. But yeah, in, in Hungary, we were kind of uh, limited, like in a box, living in a box kind of way. Yet it sounds like even during those times, there was something in you that felt curious about something more, more than just thinking about, you know, just being provided with the basic provisions and that this is what life looked like and everybody kind of follows suit is sort of the idea, right? When there's that influence of communism in the country, it's it's just about being rationed what you get and just sort of being a, a contributing member of society, but you're told how to be that member of society. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually always was, was like a free spirit. So I always love to explore new things. I always uh, followed my intuitions. You know, I always wanted to try new things, ex explore and experience. So it, it was always in me. <laughs> yeah. And that's the sort of the notion behind spiritual beings. We're all spiritual beings. But those of us who are more perhaps even you could say that we came into this lifetime to bring the light, to be a part of the shift that's happening in our planet towards knowing who we really are and towards bringing greater truths forwards and dispelling fear so that we can live more in love, more freely, with more joy. 
you can't keep that down. It's always going to stir within us. And it really stirs in the heart and soul of every human being, but in particular, those who came here into this physicality for that reason, right? It doesn't matter where you were born. You're still going to look around and think, I feel, I feel like there's something else. Yeah, because I believe that, you know, we are not just this physical person who was born here and it's not what determines us is not just what we brought from our childhood, also our past lives. And the people who are like light workers or wants to become light workers, they are already determined by their past life's experiences. And those experiences already filled with light worker experiences or or server or like someone who maybe been a known or a, a priestess or or somebody who already helped people and healing people so or witches you know so i believe that people who's in a light worker past in this lifetime they had all of those past lives before where they already experienced lots of similar situations yes yes so maybe we could start there's lots to talk about edit your your book is so beautiful and thorough yet also it's it's good for anyone who's for an introduction to these concepts because it's not too complicated that it's going to confuse people, but it's the perfect amount of illumination, I think, for people who are looking into this. But let's you've, you've mentioned reincarnation a few times in past lives. How has that been impactful for you? And how is that a part of the work that you do with others to help them kind of connect more with their true nature, with their true gifts? Yeah, so first, when I experienced past life uh, situations was when I did uh, family constellation therapies or extrasense uh, retreats, when we already acknowledge that the past life connections can have an effect on our current life, and then we can heal those, basically. But I dived more into it when actually I learned from the karma guru and then I activated my third eye and started to channel more information and attract more people from my past lives. And those people came to me to help me to actually heal karma between us, between those those uh, relationships, basically. So that's how I first recognized it. And it was really weird first because, you know, when you meet with these people, you feel like, wow, it's like kind of like family or kind of like something in common but you need to realize that you can't attach to that person in this lifetime because it's not meant to might be to stay with you or to have the same experience with that person as you had in past life it just came to maybe just to solve some issues you know or, or actually go through certain experience but it's not not the same function or not the same situation so it's like I had to learn detach from those people you know and then just take it as they came to to heal or learn or release karma. So that was my first lessons with this. And then also when I do the trauma healing, many times the trauma is not this lifetime trauma, but past life traumas. So I do it with my clients or on myself. Basically, I, I actually connect with the unconscious mind and the unconscious mind knows that your current issue or your current trigger is where is the core, but what memory holds the a route to to the issue and then that route sometimes is actually past life trauma and then you experience a past life situation and that's what you need to heal and what do you find those to be most and how does it help people to move through trauma in this lifetime let's say it's something from a past lifetime whether the way they died or a conflict they had in a past life how do how does identifying that help people to then release or and then how do you then help them release the trauma because it it might have happened in a past lifetime, but it feels real in this lifetime. And it is likely 
causing blockages or challenges towards moving towards the life that they want, the relationships they want, all the things that trauma can really keep us from. So for example, would be some um, issue like relationship issue, like why is everybody in your lifetime is treating you in a certain way? Like why you can't find a loving relationship? Why you always attract the same abusive partner or so on and so forth so that could be a starting point to work with you know and then actually tune into that energy tune into those emotions and then the unconscious mind can find the related trauma and then it could be a childhood trauma or a past life and what is in the past life might in the past life was actually what's coming up memory that you were treated badly there as well and then you uh, that was a traumatic situation which you need to release to be able to actually move forward or might you treated someone badly you know the same way and that's what you need to get like forgiveness for it or so on and so forth but that's like more the karma aspect but in this case I would say the trauma aspect is that you were treated already badly in those uh, past lives and then that's what the, you is coming up to you as a memory what is the difference between actually doing a source memory healing to release these issues and like a past life regression? Because might you heard about that past life regressions. So is that in past life regression, you can go through the whole lifetime. You can see it from birth till the end, as you said, like how you died from that uh, life. But when we do the source memory healing, it's just picking up one little memory, like maybe an episode, like you are in a, in a room with that person person and that betraying you is just basically an episode what was traumatic for you and caused negative emotions and that's what we release that's the difference beautiful thank you and then you also talk about how you can rewrite your past and create a new future so I imagine that's somewhat related to this I mean you can't rewrite your past lies but if you re if you rewrite the story you tell yourself if you realize oh that's not actually related to some of the experiences in this life how, how does that work for you how do you approach that actually actually i would tell you here that we rewrite our past we can rewrite our past because if we believe that the time is an illusion and past present future is right now and that's why we are able to revisit our past life traumas and basically we rewrite them how you rewrite past life trauma is you go in there in the trauma, you basically experiencing the negative emotions and then you collect it. And there are certain sentences I need to say to release them and replace them with love, forgiveness, safety and support. And you actually experiencing it that the that the all the negative emotions is leaving you like a black cloud like something heavy you know and is going up to the divine energies and then also i experience they experience the client that uh, bringing light into your body from the divine and that is actually going to change the uh memory the the how can i say the emotions in the situation and then you are able to, I mean, the client is able to forgive in that memory and the memory and is actually rewriting the, everything in the Akashic records. So that's why I'm saying is rewriting the past because it is going to be rewritten through this process in the Akashic records. And then at the end, the client can actually see the prediction of the future that is also changed to a better future. That's so awesome to consider. And that's interesting that you share that edit. I don't know if you've ever read the books the Seth books. Have you heard of those? It's a, there was a, there's a channeler and she did a series of books on um, that where she channeled from an, a 
non-physical entity named Seth? No, I haven't read that. Fascinating series. It, it was one of the original channeling channelers and channeling books from the 60s, but he speaks to that. And that really stood out to me. He said, you think that you can only control and change your future, but you can actually change the past. And it, cause it's energetic, it's fluid, you know, it's just the, there's no difference between past and future. So who says that if you can, you feel like you can change the future, who's to say you can't change the past, which is such an empowering notion, right? Because we feel like, no, it's set in stone. What happened is what happened. But if we can go in and sort of shift what we felt at that time, what we experienced, we can release ourselves from that lock that it, the past can have on us. Beautiful. I just love how you explained it now. I'm really happy about this. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the hardest challenges that we face. People can be so tied to the past and allow it to completely limit their present situation and their beliefs and outlook on the future. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's what's exciting about your book at it and this sort of work is that their new ideas, their revolutionary concepts about the experience of being human and that we don't have to keep repeating these cycles and patterns where we, a lot of us feel in a current, a constant state of defeat, of despair, of feeling locked in with our emotions. So helping people to release those traumas, it's such a lift and relates to your idea. You also speak to guiding people on how to become the light. Can you share that with us? It's a beautiful chapter in your book. Yeah, so basically um, why I need to encourage them and acknowledge their own light is because they get they go through so many challenges when they go through this uh, transformation or awakening journey. So because, because their environment is not understanding them and they feel betrayed by their environment and then they know they need to set boundaries and they have to understand that they still need to follow their intuition and how they become the light is basically get that strength, you know, get that acknowledgement that they actually have what it takes, and then they have to stay on track with their, with with their uh, intuition, you know. And then also like, um, if they know what is what they good at, you know, what they master, and then what they can actually provide and serve others, then that's also give them the the power to to basically carry their light and then be aware that yes they are the ones who actually can help and how do you work with people and what do you share with them when they say i don't think that i have that i don't think that i have anything very unique to share any kind of light i'm looking at your background right now at edit and you have this beautiful is that real or is it a backdrop oh it's it, it's not even that it's a virtual one What's that? Like virtual, uh, like uh, digital. Background. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Well, I'm just thinking it's it's multicolored. It almost looks from where from the way I'm looking at it, it almost looks like a stained glass sculpture behind you. And it yeah. just reminds me that everybody has their own unique light, their own unique ray. I mean, I'm thinking of an aura, right? That almost looks like your aura behind you, just all these different colors. And it looks like a peacock too. Anyways. My point is there are many people who don't think they have that. They think, no, I don't have a light to give. There's nothing that I have that's related to a spiritual gift or a healing gift. I don't think I have that. 
I mean, those kind of people are not at the level yet that they need actually support about it, you know? So I would say I help them to feel good, happy, to enjoy their, enjoy their life, you know, to stay healthy. That's the goal with these kind of people. But if they don't feel called to, you know, to step up and, and do lightworker jobs or do any kind of thing, then, then obviously they don't need to, you know? So only the people who's already motivated, who feel that calling, you know, and then they got sidetracked or they got doubts in their mind sometimes, or they sometimes lose themselves in the awakening journey when they are in the emotional roller coaster. I can support them actually to go on backtrack and then continue on that path. The, the people who don't have this motivation, who, who actually don't have the calling, I just can support them to live a healthy and happy life because that's what we're supposed to live, you know, like to be joyful and stay healthy. And in those cases, maybe, quote unquote, the light isn't being shown in terms of gift, but we can radiate love. We, I mean, we all do, no matter what, but we can open our hearts more when we're healed, when we aren't, don't have that cloud that forms around us when, when we have those thick emotional layers of as a residue from traumas and such. Yes, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We need to open our chakras, you know, we need to uh, have balanced chakras to actually be able to open our heart to, to receive and give love. That's very important. Definitely. And then that makes me think of, there are also people who don't really know what it is like what their trauma is specifically. Either they don't want to look at it or maybe they feel like nothing, no major big event happened. Yet traumas can come in many different shapes and sizes and forms, right? It can be little traumas over time that just lead us to have a very self-defeating mindset or outlook on ourselves. Yet you speak about how triggers are the sign of existing traumas, which is important to have an awareness of, of, okay, this is indicating what might be my trauma, the way I respond. So can you share about that? Because that's a big thing. All of us know what it's like to have a trigger. Some event happens that maybe a, a friend or a sibling would not really respond too strongly to, but someone feels like, oh my gosh, why does this just bring a jolt of emotion and anger and frustration or sadness? Exactly. So some of us for the same trigger might uh, just responding, but others like reacting with negative emotions. And that's the people who needs to look into the, the roots of that reactions, like why I am reacting with negative emotions when this and this happens, or sometimes the trigger even your own thoughts. Maybe you assuming things to the future, you projecting something which is not even true. And then that's you create so your own trigger and then your own negative emotions. So basically, when you experience negative emotions, some people say like, oh, it's part of being human. It's like even part of being human falling sick. But I don't believe that that uh, we're supposed to have that mindset about it because that's stopping you for solution. You know, you, you are comfortable being in a suffering you know you are comfortable being in pain because your neighbor is experiencing the same your your family members are experiencing the same so you believe that it's part of being human but it's not true you need to look for solution actually to be joyful and happy and healthy because what's happening with the triggers 
So it's showing you, yes, you have a trauma to release. And then as, as you said, Whitney, like sometimes this is just an innocent memory, but you experience that innocent memory with negative emotions. So it became a trauma. I had a client who came to me with panic attacks and uh, actually one of the memory which we had to release, it was a very innocent memory when she was a child and then she had to stay inside with the grandparents, but she wanted to go outside to play to the sun. And then that caused her negative emotions, feeling unsupported, feeling limited, feeling uh, misunderstood. And that actually piling up during many years created the panic attacks. So sometimes people don't know like what's the root and it's just an innocent memory. So yes, that's absolutely true. And um, and to find the solution is really important because what is happening with these triggers, they're going to come back all the time. It's it's like, a, and then it's creating layers and layers and then eventually become a disease like the panic attacks or other issues. Yeah. And you also do that work in that sharing with your clients and with individuals and in your book that when you identify your traumas and really begin to release them, it can actually prevent disease yes. in the future. And how else have you seen that? Where have you seen that help clients or in what are some examples of what kind of disease it can prevent and, and how? I mean, many people are suffering from cancer or heart disease, you know, or diabetes, and they all have to root in traumas. That's how they created through emotions because every physical, so how is our energetic bodies aligned with our physical bodies? Like we talked about the chakras already. So the chakras are the energy centers in our physical body. And there are other chakras outside of our body, but let's just talk about the seven main seven chakra, which is in our body from the root chakra, sacral, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat, third eye, and then the crown chakra. So basically they are completely aligned with our physical gland system. So when the heart, when the chakras are actually blocked or um, underbalanced, then they affecting negatively the gland system and then the organs around it because there is no life energy to flow through. So then those chakras, as they got blocked through negative emotions, because that's what blocking them. So the negative emotions, what we experience through the triggers is blocking the chakras. And then the blocked chakras start to affecting the organs and that how they cause the physical illness. Yes. And I've heard that about specific cancers, whether you can get, you know, stomach cancer or throat cancer, that it can often be related to events that cause blockages that because any dis-ease in the body, a disease is a constriction rather than flow, right? When, when any pathway through our body is energetic or nerve or blood flow, whatever it might be, when it's constricted, it's, it's not healthy. It's not flowing freely. And that's going to create disease, right? We want everything yeah. to be flowing through. Uh, freely yet unfortunately more of us than not have a lot of constrictions within our body because also our, our mental beliefs impact our physical body and if we are constantly thinking oh i i can't do this this is bad about me this is not good then we're creating this sort of clenched tension within us because also it's not just constriction but it's also tension in the body right and stress as we know that releases cortisol, the hormone cortisol is one of the greatest killers because that creates all kinds of disease. Yes, absolutely. So all of these things contribute to 
the need for people to understand where these blocks are, how to release some of the constriction and the tension. And a lot of that is really related to more emotional work. Yes, absolutely. They, some people call it shadow work. Some people call it mm. inner child healing. So it's all actually going back to trauma healing. It's all a, another name for trauma healing or another name to dig deeper, basically, and find the core or the root issue of the current situation. And the current situation is might already a physical illness or might just mental situation or even some situation with uh, connections, relationship, or in the finances. So it's, it's not just always related to the physical body and the health of the body, but how, how overall our life is, is affecting everything. Yes, yes, indeed. And it really is when we are healing those places and what people can do is it's about shifting our beliefs about, again, what happened, addressing the trauma. And it's really about bringing love into these spaces because love is the energy of light. It's the energy of free flowing expression because love is always being freely expressed, but we create these blocks and barriers to it from life experiences. And so when we're able to address that, then we're healthy in our mind, body, and soul. It, it, it still is considered alternative ways of treatment, right? It's still considered sort of woo or whatever you want to call it. And it's really a disservice because we need to be working hand in hand, both with, you know, the physical body, but also the energetic body, the emotional yes. body, right? Because that's where the trauma is stored is in the emotional body. And that has just as much of an impact on our physical body as our you know, internals, again, like the, if you have clogged arteries that result in a heart attack, well, those arteries are clogged in part because of the energy around it and the emotions behind it. Yes, absolutely. And then, uh, yes, as you mentioned, the love itself, the love energy is one of the most powerful energy in the universe. But the problem is about love that when the people think about love and the feeling of love, it's, it's not the highest vibrational uh, emotion because we already associate love sometimes with heartbreak as well. So that's why the highest vibrational emotion in a human is basically the bliss, the joy, and the happiness because those have no negative annotations, but the love has some negative annotations as, and because of that, we can't actually experience it as the highest vibrational uh, emotion. But as an energy, the love as an energy is the most powerful one, basically. And it can actually, when we we open up our, our heart chakra and then, or we actually experiencing love in, in a very high level and then it can actually help us to, to protect us as well from, from negative uh, energies and from negative emotions. Yes. And I would be curious at it when you are working with your clients, what do, which chakra do you feel is most commonly blocked for people that's causing the most significant physical illness? Yeah, so the most most of the time what comes up is the heart chakra and the sacral chakra. And they are the ones which is the most difficult to clean as well. So the the heart chakra represents like guilt and shame and grief, being alone, feeling abandoned by parents and sorrow. These are the emotions which actually creating blocks in the heart chakra. And then the sacral chakra represents actually the relationship issues like relationship abuse, 
any negative emotions about relationship partnerships. And then the thing is with the sacral chakra that is not just affecting like not having a good relationship with partners, but it's also affecting the success in their life because it's also the uh, chakra for success and passion. So when when uh, when you live in a very loving relationship, you have a great partner who you can actually have a happy relationship that's also supporting your success as well. That's why like couples can build empires if they are in a good term, you know. Thank you so much for that. And then for those listening, because it's interesting, I actually was just working with a client. And as I was sharing with you before we jumped on, many of the individuals I'm working with now are sort of spiritually curious. They're just starting their awakening, they're opening their journey on their spiritual path. And she had come into understanding about the chakras, but she didn't know what they meant, what they represented. So we did sort of a little overview. And I also remember when I was new on my path, I was told by someone that did it Reiki for me, read my energy that several of my chakras were, were blocked. And I said, okay, what do I do? <laughs> so for those who hear that or sense that they say, I feel there's tension here. There's clenching here. What can you do for the first few steps on your own? If you're not working with somebody to begin to unblock those energy centers that are the chakras. So you can use crystals, related crystals. So every chakra has its own color and specific crystals who's actually supporting the chakra openings. You can also use eating the food, which is has the, uh, the fruits or vegetables, which has the color of the chakra. So for, for example, uh, red uh, vegetables, red fruits are root, uh, good for root chakra, orange for sacral, yellow for solar plexus. So there, there are relevant uh, colored uh, food that you can eat. Also the clothes. So you, if you know which chakra is blocked and you want, which one you want to actually uh, empower, which chakra you want to empower, then you wear those kind of clothes. And it's sometimes if people intuitively choosing a kind of color and, they, and then you can see that probably that person wants to empower that chakra. That's why they drawn towards that color, you know, to wear that color. That's also an answer for that. And um, so what else you can do? You, you can always do grounding, you know, you can go to the nature and then uh, sit down on the grass, you know, or walk barefoot to ground yourself to the energy of the mother earth that helps with the root chakra. With the solar plexus, you can start doing affirmations. Solar plexus is one of the easiest chakra to unblock, basically. It's through affirmations, through affirming how amazing you are, how lovely you are, how worthy you are, because basically it's blocked through unworthiness and low self-esteem. And then um, the throat chakra, if you start just speaking up your truth, you know, you're not holding back, uh, you're not afraid of judgment and criticism, that's also help it open it up more. The third eye is um, also for um, amethyst crystal, which can help with third eye and certain meditations. There are meditations also which can help with not just third eye opening, but all the chakras. Uh, you can spin up the chakras through a guided meditation to release some tensions from there and the negative uh, energy. So that's also possible. I have a free meditation to help uh, with that on my uh, YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel is Magical Karma Priestess. And uh, you can check out the playlist there. There are some meditations there. And one of, and I mean, they are all of them includes the chakra cleansing as well. Wonderful. That will definitely be helpful for people to check out. And I'll include that in the show notes as well. 
yes, those are that's such great base knowledge for people to have because it really isn't always that challenging to unblock the chakras. And honestly, it it can be some of the more deeper, significant traumas that happen, but your your chakras are consistently blocking and unblocking, right? You can have a day where you just feel maybe you felt like you tried to speak up and someone shut you down and you can get a little bit of a blockage, just a little one, but it's important to note if that's ex- happening to, just as you said, take some time to maybe do a meditation with a crystal and acknowledge that there's some energy there that feels sort of based in fear that's keeping you from wanting to speak up, speak your truth so that you attend to it. Because just like anything else, it, once you, if you do a deep clearing of your chakras, which is looking at some of the deeper events, right? Also, I'll say that for women, their throat chakra is often has a significant block because we were killed for so many years, for centuries, thousands of years for speaking up, for trying to speak out new ideas. These sort of esoteric concepts were not allowed. We were burned at the stake. So past life trauma, we have sort of this deep built-in block in the throat chakra. We want to look at that and other blocks, but then just day to day, would you agree that you can also just get kind of little, and you just need to do some maintenance on your chakras? Yeah. I mean, it depends. Um, what I see that if the heart chakra and the sacral chakra blocked, they, they really need more help. Like those chakras are really need to go through a forgiveness is through trauma release because they, they are very, uh, difficult to uh, balance them back if they actually have a blockage, the sacral and the heart, but the rest of the chakras can be worked really easily to open them up actually. And when you work with clients, because I know I've, when I talk to different healers or energy workers, different people have different senses in different ways. Some people can look at somebody and see energetically their aura and where there are blocks. They can see that energy. Some people feel it. Some people just get intuitive hits, intuitive guidance, or just a clear cognizance, which is where you just sort of have a knowing where you you're working with somebody and you just sent you, you know, there's a block in your, your heart chakra. How do you know when you sit down with a new client to do a session for that? How do you know what's where the blockage is? Yeah, I scan, I scan through and I see the chakras, actually. I don't see aura. Somehow it doesn't come to me, but I see the chakras. <laughs> so fascinating how it comes differently for, for everybody in different ways. Another tool that you speak about at it is transcendental meditation, which is something I've been hearing about. It's been around for a long time and it's been popularized by a lot of public figures who use use it, utilize it, claim that it co- creates great peace, great clarity. How do you use it and what is your understanding of the power of it? Yeah, so transcendental meditation is actually 60,000 years old technique. <laughs> so All right, it's like, so it's been around coming a from, It's coming even from Adi Yogi Shiva, the first yogi. So... Uh, yeah, it's a long, uh, long story. But then, of course, it was in use for many, many years or many thousands of years. And then now it's picked up again. Thanks, God. So basically, uh, what is transcendental meditation is that there are so many meditations. And then many people who start to meditate, they first meditate just being quiet, you know, sitting in quiet, uh, focusing on their breathing. And basically, they're trying to um 
calm their monkey mind uh, in their conscious mind. But what is happening in the transcendental meditation, you transcend to the subconscious where it's always quiet. So when you can reach that state that you transcend into the subconscious uh, on a very smooth way, then you don't need to force yourself basically to quiet the mind because it's always quiet. That is like going underwater, that kind of feeling. And the, the technique I use is basically, which I learned from my karma guru, is the activating the pineal gland. So activating the pineal gland, which activates also the third eye, and this brings you into that brainwave. So you get into this transcendental state, and then you start to produce more of the melatonin, serotonin, oxytocin, and growth hormone. And by producing those hormones, you become a much kinder person, more focused, have a better sleep, and even more vital in your body. So it can even keep you look younger, longer. So basically this meditation is uh, really great for that. Just uh, having a better, just become more resilient and having a better kind of behavior and feeling good in yourself. Who people, some people is struggling uh, getting into gratitude and they are might in a low vibration, you know, having like depression or, and then you want to ask them like, oh, please, you know, be in a high vibe, you know, feel always good because that's what we're supposed to do. Then we actually keep our chakras flowing and we are more healthy. But that's really hard for many people who's in a low vibration. So this meditation is actually helps them to go up to that level. So it's actually helps them through the hormones to start feeling good, you know, to actually make it easier for them to be in gratitude and to stay in that uh, elevated high vibration state. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, and then the other thing with transcendental meditation, this is the first step to trauma healing because you are in that brain waves that's how you connect to the unconscious mind otherwise you don't reach the unconscious mind so your first step is to do the meditation and then we can tune in to communicate with the unconscious mind to show us the memory and that's how we release the trauma wow that sounds wonderful and so helpful for those listening who have maybe heard of transcendental meditation or haven't and would like to get into bed tonight and do a intro little session, how would you recommend people get started with it? Uh, on my YouTube channel, these meditations are <laughs> transcendental meditations, so they can use that one. Okay. And what does it look like? Do you, is it, how is it different than regular meditation than just sitting down and wanting to close your eyes and focus on your breath and try if you kind of focus your thoughts? Yeah, it's a guided meditation. So it starts first the, with the chakra cleansing. So that's how we start first cleansing the chakras and going up to activate the eighth chakra as well. The eighth chakra is the chakra of the aura, is the source star chakra. And then when you activate the eighth chakra, it's actually opening up the karma vortex and connect you to the past lives as well. And that's why it's so powerful. So if this is a disclaimer, if you, you do this for the first time from my YouTube channel, might you start channeling like crazy in the next days or attracting people from your past life or getting some breadcrumbs from the universe or suddenly becoming very intuitive and having a vision about your future. So it's it's I think it's a very powerful tool and I really love it. Amazing. Amazing. I'm gonna have to check out that meditation and and use that tonight. Well, Edith, this has been such an informative, helpful, and beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Any last thoughts or suggestions, messages for the audience that maybe we didn't hit on from your beautiful book that you'd like to share? 
is uh, about mindfulness. So even though we are very spiritual or we want to get into the spirituality, we still need to understand that mindfulness is very important to make sure that we are only three things what we can control. And that is our thoughts, our emotions and our actions. And what does it mean is that if, if you cannot control something, you let it go because you want to be in peace, right? You want to feel good. You want to be in high vibration. And then how you can actually control your thoughts, emotions, and action is, again, you get into that space after practicing the transcendental meditation more often, it's going to be easier and easier to actually take control of your thoughts. And you need to take control of your thoughts because your thoughts create your reality. And then it's also said that we are our worst enemy and how it comes is your thoughts, basically. When you're assuming things, when you make up your little stories, which has like no foundation, you know, or no reality, it's just your stories. Sometimes those stories, which makes you fearful or worry or stressed or anxious. So when you start controlling your thoughts into positive projections, into positive thoughts and and you see the world with a different perspective that is actually helping you also your uh, your emotions to, to control your emotions and having a higher vibrational emotions and take better actions. And that's every second, every decision, every action is creating a new future for yourself. Such an important reminder and a powerful reminder. And I really feel that in this year, 2024, I feel a fortitude and I think it's a shared feeling right now where people are ready. And I think those, especially on their path, those who feel inclined to bring the light, we recognize this is bigger than us. What the gift that we're bringing, the light that we're bringing to the world, we don't want to block it because of our own tendencies, our own habits of the way we think and the the, the cycles that we stay stuck in. And I'm getting a sense this year, it's when people are really breaking out of those patterns and cycles by shifting making a concerted effort to shift their thoughts and to just focus on what they want to bring and what they want to be bring you know, a messenger of into the world. And for most of us, it's positivity. It's not negativity yet. So many of our thoughts, we got to be mindful because they can be negative. We get used to that. So Thank you for that message. I hope everyone listening is also feeling that fortitude because not only does it keep the world from enjoying our light, it keeps us in that self-imposed prison of those mental or negative mental loops, which are not fun. <laughs> yes. Sometimes these patterns can be dangerous because they bring you down to the rabbit hole, you know, so it's, it's really important to uh, reprogram our subconscious mind towards positive. Yes. Yes. And I do think more people are aware and wanting to hear this message. I actually had two clients reach out to me yesterday. Both sent me the same method, which says, what do I do about ruminating negative thoughts? How do I get them out of there? So people, like I said, are wanting to shift. So you are a wonderful resource. I encourage everybody to check out your book on the healer's journey, visit your YouTube channel. You're a fabulous channel for people to use and utilize for their journey of healing and moving into the light, becoming the light. Thank you, Whitney. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Now, people who want to find you, who want to use your resources, how can they do so? Where can they find you? So I have a website, which is my name, editbikis.com. I'm also pretty active on my Instagram. I post there about my events. I have some new, uh, I mean, uh, some free events coming up uh, a couple of times a month, what people can join, leave events. Fantastic. 
Thank you again so much for being on the show at it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Beautiful day. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world. Thank you.